Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week in preparation for Sabbath, October 28th, we look at Lesson 4, Sharing God's Mission. Together, let's look at the life of Abraham and what it means to actually join in doing the will of the Father. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at the Adventist Learning Community. Together, we love learning and have 18 years of pastoral experience and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into the study. Welcome to a, another week, week four, sharing God's mission. And our memory text is coming from John chapter 13, verses 34 to 35. And it says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Isn't that important to have and know? And I wish this embodied every single church, but I know it's one of the struggles we have because, well, we're human. Yeah, absolutely. Reminds me of the words of Ellen White talks about becoming loving and lovable Christians. Oh, the heart of the gospel. If only, right, Michael? If only. And I, I would love to, like I said, cast aspersions, but I know that there's days where I struggle with this and that's why we need to be compounded by the love of Christ, because if we are, his love will actually become ours. And one of the ways that we express that love, Michael, is through hospitality. So take us to the gift of hospitality Sunday's lesson. All right. So this is classic story of the Old Testament of Abraham. And, you know, part of the context that you have to think about is Middle Eastern hospitality, especially in ancient Mesopotamia, that uh, when you would visit someone they would take you under their roof so to speak or their their tent that that you were under their protection and so this is kind of kind of the context of this ancient near eastern culture and it says that abram verse one here of genesis 18 was sitting near the great trees of mamre and the entrance was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day and he sees three men and basically invites them he bows down to them again this is this idea of of hospitality and invites to come in and wash their feet and rest and yes. and that he's going to actually feed them, right? And and so he doesn't know who they are, he, but he sees and recognizes this is an opportunity for him to show and demonstrate hospitality, right? And and then, of course, he introduce, introduces them to his wife, Sarah. And, of course, it reminds the listeners, the readers here, verse 11, she is old, very old, past the age of childbearing. And, and of course, when, when they hear that, (laughs) Sarah, when God promises that they will have a child that, that she, she laughs, right? She laughs. Yes. And this is this moment, this, this kind of tender moment. And, you know, this, this is asking the question of, what elements of hospitality hospitality are demonstrated in Abraham's response to his guests? Well, he takes care of them. He feeds them. He watches over them. And, and of course, there's the, the irony there of the end of God's promise and Sarah's laughter. But, but even despite that, it's a, you know, what would have happened, Buster, if, if Abraham had just not bothered and said, you know, tough on them, let them keep walking through the desert or whatever. (laughs) They could have missed out on a blessing, a reminder of God's promise to them. And so I think there's something beautiful to be said or to be had. Uh, Not that we do it for that, but, but when we show and demonstrate hospitality to someone else, 
the blessing comes back on us. And you now it, it's interesting, you know, Heidi and I, my wife and I, we, we have some dear, dear friends. They came out to visit this week and stopped by and we were able to have and share a meal with them. And we were expecting to pay for their meal. And then they surprised us and paid for our meal. And, but, but, you know, I felt, you know, whoever had paid for the meal was just nothing compared to the fact that we spent time together. And here I didn't realize how much I needed some encouragement. And they did that by just taking time out of their very busy Amen. lives to say, hey, I value you, our friendship, our relationship. And, and that means the world. And I think that's, that's what it's talking about, the gift of hospitality. And as Christians, we are called to be hospitable. But that's not the end of the story because the story continues Talks about Abram's Abraham's love for everyone. Yes. So, Michael, this actually ties right in with Abraham's hospitality. So, his love for everyone is predicated off of Genesis chapter 18, verses 16 through 33. And this shares when the men got up to leave, they looked down toward Sodom and, uh, Sodom and Abraham walked along with them to see them uh, on their way. And those of you who haven't followed the story, this is actually Abraham seeing that Sodom and Gomorrah is about to be destroyed. God shares with him that this is about to happen. And Abraham has this intercessory prayer where he's basically pleading with God. He said, Lord, verse 26, if I find 50 righteous people in Sodom, uh, I will spare the whole place for their sake. Because Abraham's pleading with them saying, Lord, if you find 50, will you save it? And he says, yes, I'll do it for 50. And he continues going, how about 45? Yes, 45. How about 40? Yes, 40. How about 30? And it goes all the way down there. Uh, mm. I think it goes all the way down to 20. But we see here, Abraham's, I mean, yes, lots in the, lots in the, in the uh, cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, but it goes beyond that. Abraham has this care, this interceding prayer for the entire, for the entire region of Sodom and Gomorrah. That reminds me of, give me Scotland lest I die. Uh, there we go. That's a good stories. example. Yes. Yeah. Uh, just a heart for an entire region, for people wanting to see as many people as possible come into the kingdom of heaven and be saved. And I, I think this is a right time for us as Adventists to realize that the three angels message is not just about us and pride and caring about a message to carry out to say, look at how important we are. It's to save as many people as possible because God wants as many people as possible saved. And it's not just mm. saved, but reunited with him in a loving, wonderful relationship. And this is what this is about. This is why Abraham, uh, I believe God chose his descendants. Uh, he chose him to make him a whole, the, the lineage was going to come from him because wow. of the faithfulness that he had. And as we're reading this, as we're going through it, one of the big things I want to point out here is there towards the end, and we're actually going to cover this even more, Michael, so I'm not going to steal all of your thunder. It's talking about the intercessory prayer that he had. But verse 32, then he said, may the Lord not be angry, but let me speak just once more. What if only 10 can be found here? Verse 33, when the Lord had finished speaking with Abraham, he left and Abraham returned home. And so we just see that this heart and this struggle, this, this strife. And by the way, mm. God, God was going to keep his promise, but God knew the city. God knew yeah. the wickedness that was there. But God was also, I believe, impressed with the love that Abraham had. Uh, and wow. as we saw in our memory text earlier, by this, the world will know you are my disciples by the love that you have for one another. If you want to take a step further, when Christ looked at the crowds 
he saw them as sheep without a without a shepherd. He had compassion on them. And yeah. that's the way that God is wanting us to look at one another. And that's the way he wants us to look at the world. Not as these lost subjects that are so evil. I know we're saying, oh, man can just go only continually evil. But what if we looked at people with true compassion and said, Lord, if we can just get just one more, then Lord, may we do it. With that being said, I pray that we could substitute that phrase or that title, Abraham's love for everyone, with Michael's love for everyone, Buster's love for everyone. Put your name in there so that one day there's a chapter in a book talking about your great love that you share with others that actually came from your relationship with God. And so, Michael, with that being said, take us to Abraham's spirit of prayer. Yeah, so James 5.16, I mean, we already talked about it, you know, reducing those numbers down 50, what is it, 20, 10, whatever, and all of that just kind of pleading and interceding. And and there's this passage here, James 5.16, kind of giving me a little bit of context where James writes, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. And and while that's talking about one particular kind of thing, right, uh, it's, right. Oh, by the way, I should not forget the last part of this verse, the prayer of a righteous person has great power as, as it is working. So, uh, I mean, we don't pray or in this case, Abraham's asking, talking to, to the, to, to God, right. You know, interceding, we don't pray to force God to do things, but, but we do ask God. And I think the prayers that get God's attention the most are now where we're asking prayers like, you know, dear Lord, you know, you know, you're praying for things that help you look better or feel better or you know, almost if it's possible to say selfish prayers, you know, I mean, it's just focused on oneself, right? I'm not meaning right. that in a negative way, but, but to actually pray and intercede for others, be more concerned, not about me, but the person that you, that you might meet or your neighbors or someone else, or what if it's even somebody that, that you don't like, right? I mean, God wants us to pray for everyone. What if we pray for the, God would bless and be with the person that, that we like the, the, the least. And so this is kind of this, the same kind of spirit. I think this is really important. And that's what Abraham captures a glimpse of that we need to remember this context, this spirit of humility, a spirit of prayer, selflessness. By the way, I I just was listening. We're having year end meetings right now, Buster, you know, that that a lot of people have no idea what that is. That's, That's when all the church leaders from across North America, all the conference presidents, union presidents, church leaders. And, and make decisions that affect the Adventist Church in North America. So we just started that. And we just listened at the opening to Barry Black. And you can, you can hear that online if someone wants to go back and listen to the opening of our year-end meetings. And he was challenging uh, the church leaders to pray prayers of intercession. He's now the longest-serving United States 20 yes. years, Buster. Crazy. And uh, so he was just challenging us, you know, that there are people in the Senate and our top echelons of church, I mean, not church of, 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 of politics, American government. government. Yeah. And with all the things going on around the world, geopolitical, you know, Ukraine and Israel and so much else that's going on that he was just reminding us to have prayers of intercession for our political leaders and, and political leaders themselves who are fasting and praying. He challenged our Adventist church leaders gathered for urine meetings, please pray and fast once a week for our nation's government, for our leaders and, and in prayers of intercession and everybody in the room, including myself, I'm not just putting that out there to make myself look good. I'm just saying that there was a sense 
the Holy Spirit working that, yes, we need to pray those prayers of intercession. It's like Abraham, let's pray for our government leaders. I love that. And what's going on around the world. So I saw this in action and Barry Black, of course, he just uh, amazing. Oh, powerful. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. And just really lifted us up on the throne of grace and, and challenged us. And, and so beautiful, beautiful, devotional, powerful devotional. But yeah, and he, he talked about even his military experience. You know, he was on after September 11, he was on a yeah. nuclear sub, right? With launch codes and all of this kind of stuff. And he said, you know, you don't know what the world's really like until you've seen some of the things that I, you know, the trouble I've seen as the old spiritual says. And yeah. so just, it was a poignant reminder exactly what we're talking about in the lesson. Well, Wednesday's lesson talks about Abraham's mission. So we're shifting from this visit to his mission. Yeah. So it says, what was the result of Abraham's spirit of hospitality, love, and prayer? Well, we, we kind of see what happens. If you look in, let's see here, it's Genesis chapter 19, which is a fascinating story. A matter of fact, uh, before I, I I set this up months ago, or and uh, I actually prepared a sermon that's going to be the Sabbath, and it's over Genesis eighteen and nineteen. It's so funny how that all that works out. It's this Sabbath, so it's 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 amazing how the Spirit works things out. That's but crazy. The sermon title is going to be the Abraham effect and how Abraham's love and care in eighteen, and then thus subsequently verse nine, uh, chapter nineteen, how it goes to show that he cared for others and wanted to see them. And as a result of that, a lot of people are actually saved. You see his servants, and uh, this is an adult audience, but his servants were willing to get circumcised immediately when he came back and told them what the Lord shared with them. And mm -hmm. I believe that was the effect of they saw his walk with God. They knew the type of man that he was, and they knew that his God was real. And then you see Lot, and the other effect is Lot. And I believe Lot's going to be in heaven, right? Uh, Lot is someone who knew God, but his effect wasn't very strong. His family wasn't very strong. And of course, it's easy once again to throw rocks, but I'm, I'm looking at our own lives, right? What kind of effect are we having on others? He had the chance to witness to others, but there was no one else in the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah that were willing to follow the Lord and to listen to instruction that the Lord could find, not even 10. And as a result of that, the entire city was lost. And we see here at the end of Genesis chapter 19, Michael, and it says that two angels came and the city was, of course, overthrown and Lot and his family tried to take them all out. But it was just Lot and his, his daughters and Lot himself. And uh, his wife looks back and she turns to the pillar of salt. We know this. But then uh, what's amazing is there at the at the end of this, Abraham is is walking. And it says, verse 27 of chapter 19, early the next morning, Abraham got up and returned to the place where he had stood before the Lord. And he looked down toward Sodom and Gomorrah, toward the land of the plain. He saw the dense smoke rising from the land, the, like smoke from the furnace. So when God destroyed the cities of the plain, he remembered Abraham, and he brought Lot out of the catastrophe that overthrew the cities where Lot had lived. And so we see that even because of Abraham's love for Lot, God spared Lot and his family. And I, and I share that because as we're looking at this, Abraham's mission, Abraham's mission was to serve God. And as a result of that, he also served people. And I think it's important to, to realize that. I know there's a, a newer coin term, and by saying new, like talk about since like 1980s, servant leadership. Mm. And it's going around, it's being spread. 
and a lot of papers written by it uh, about it. But Michael, we can probably count on, I would say, two hands how many people we know that are actually truly living it out. And those people who are truly living it out. It's a beautiful thing to watch and to see and to experience. But it really is Christ-led leadership. It's Christ-like leadership, allowing Christ to permeate every aspect of your life and living that way. It doesn't mean you don't miss up, mess up. It doesn't mean that you don't have any fumbles or fails. What it does mean is your dependence upon the Lord still straight, stays strong no matter what. And yeah. as we're looking at this and moving forward, I'm praying that we all have Abraham's mission. It says here, the small number of residents of Sodom who are saved has implication for our own mission. Not everyone will be saved. Uh, so just because we intercede doesn't mean it's always going to come to fruition, but it does not mean that we do not intercede because God does listen and God does move. But one of the things that God refuses to do, and I, I, I agree, I, I love the fact that he doesn't do this, he will not force people to do anything. He will beckon, he will call, he will, he will persuade, he will prompt, but he won't force. And so our duty is to continue to pray so there'll be even more opportunities for people to accept Christ in their lives. And so, Michael, tell us about submission to God's will. Yeah, so, you know, kind of takes us back to Genesis chapter 12 and Abram's calling as that he was known then, right? And all the way at the beginning, this, this promise, this seminal promise, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I'll curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. And, and so I, I think this is just a, 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 a important reminder, of course, when Abram's at Shechem, that uh, God and, and he renews the covenant through sacrifice and so on. And, and continues on. So he's following as God leads and he leaves the land of his fathers and will go a new path. And that's, that's just a, you know, we, we don't really understand what that means today because we live in a different world, a different yes, society, do. but to, to really take up and, and uproot oneself and remove oneself from one's family and all of that, that this was, this was truly a, a great venture of faith. And, and yet he believed God's will for him that God would provide and make a way for him. And, and he did, and he submitted himself to God. And the lesson points out a couple of different things, his calling, which we talked about the land. God says that he will provide a place for him, right? That will be a blessing that will be his, for his descendants forever. And then he also prophesies, uh, or God shares with them the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah at these right. two cities, what will happen. So all of this, God is protecting him, provides a way as he trusts in him and prevents him from potential danger. So all of this goes together as part of his mission. It's God's mission really for him, but as he understands the unfolding of God's mission in his life. Amen. You know, Michael, I, I will share this. I think the greater love for people and the greater sense of mission of joining God in his mission, we mm -hmm. have the greater he expands our ability to carry out that mission. I like uh, it. So, so if we think big, we think big with love, we think big with mission, God will expand your, your territory so you are able to, to fulfill those things. But as soon as we become closed-minded, it becomes about me and my family and, and my, local, my local church only, and you forget about your entire city or you forget about your entire workplace or you forget about all these different things, well, then you have a tunnel vision as a result of that. God's not going to equip you because he can't trust you with it. 
Yeah. But as your heart grows, he he equips you with more because he can trust you more. You know, it just reminds me of the prayer of Jabez in First Chronicles 4, verse 10, where he says that, oh, that you bless me and enlarge, enlarge my territory. And I think that's part of what Abraham's doing here is he's asking that prayer of blessing, not so that he will become great, but so he can be a blessing. And that's the same thing that we're reminded of, of the story of, of Abram at the, at the beginning of this call at the very end that, that uh, he will, God calls him and says, I will bless you. But then it says at the very end, so that he will be, so that you will be able to be a blessing. And, and that's our calling as we submit ourselves to God. It's to be a blessing to others, to lead others to Jesus. And at the very beginning, it talks about the new commandment, having love. When we show and demonstrate God's love, what his love is and for us, that is truly God's mission. So, Michael, I, I think that wraps us up. Go out there yes. and let's, let's be a blessing. Blessing. Go share God's mission. Well, that's a, another week of the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast. Thank you for listening. Until next week, this is Sue. And Swoops. Signing out. out. As we wrap up, we want to give a shout out to our sponsor, the Adventist Learning Community, a ministry of the North American Division of Seventh-day Adventists. You can join us each week by subscribing on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Also, make sure you share with as many people as possible. And be sure to give us feedback by rating our podcast and go to our website, SabbathSchoolRescue.org, for each weekly episode.